brother who I am. It might be a good thing that it's just the first time that you hear me, or it could be the last time that you hear me. It depends on what I do here. But uh, I'd like to thank God for the opportunity to come out here and speak to everyone here, and most of all for uh, Brother Eugene. I know this is his turn to come up here. I'd like to thank him for letting me take his spot. Um, I was telling my wife this evening, can everybody see me? Or am I too short for this? Alright. I was telling my wife this evening, because uh, usually I try to do my tradition with my kids, uh, my wife and my, whenever their birthdays are around, I try to give a message. And so if my wife and my kids were here, I'd let them stand up because their birthday, my son's eldest was, uh, my other son was, uh, birthday was December 3rd, and my wife's today is December 4th. So, you know, happy birthday to them. And I'd like to thank, again, um, Pastor Fred, Brother Eugene, and everybody else who's been encouraging me to give this message. And, uh, and I like, um, with my wife, I was telling her today, I said, you know, uh, can you please pray for me for my message? Because, you know, I'm a little bit nervous. And, I had, so, and I talked to her this morning, or this evening, like about an hour ago. She says, you know, I don't really, um, I, I know you'll do fine with your message. I did pray for, your, for you to make sure that you iron your clothes. Now, thank God for dryers, because I put my clothes in the dryer and they seem okay. But, uh, you know, I'd like to prepare for the word. And please bow your heads with me in prayer. Dear Kind Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you, Lord, for your love and for the blessings that you've given to each and every one of us here. I pray, Lord, that you will send your Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and minds today, Lord, to soften our hearts, to learn more about you and be closer to you. And I pray, Lord, that whatever I say here today, Lord, that you will use me as your instrument for anointing of your, of your love, Lord, and for your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that whatever I may do or say, examples that I may give out, Lord, that you may be able to... It may be understandable to everybody here. And most of all, Lord, I pray that I'll make, I'll make a difference to somebody's life today, including myself, because of your love. We thank you all for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, for our foundational scriptures for this morning, or this evening, will be in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Okay, ready to read. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So as believers the body of Christ, we all know that God wants the world saved. And so I was talking to my uh, to my son about it like a couple of like almost a year ago, almost three years old, and he would uh, you know caught me off guard when he would always ask me like, you know, do you think do you think Big Bird will go to heaven, Dad? And I said, I think so. If he's a if he's a good bird, you know. And sometimes he would tell me, Do you think do you think the grouch will go to heaven, Dad? I said, Do you think he'll be going to heaven? And he said, I don't know. He's always grumpy. And then and he said, Man, I told her I told him I said, No, well, my mom's uh, my mom my mother's side was like, But I'm always grumpy. Am I going to go to heaven? You know, she's a, and of course I said, of course you're going to go to heaven, then you make things interesting. So, so as part of the, my introduction today, my, the title of my message is to be a living witness, and uh, being a living witness for God and for Jesus Christ on the things that he's done for us, and, and to be a walking and talking billboard for Jesus Christ, and because, you know, like everyone here is a, a, as a believer of God, is like, you know, it's easier for us to be 
to be to be seen as an example for Jesus Christ. And so if we go out doing living our lives just as usual, you know, if people can see us and then they can see Jesus in us, then it might it might help it might help them save it might help to save them to come to, to come to our church or to go into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. So for me, it took me a lot to know to know Jesus. Um, it was my mother, my grandmother, a coworker, a best friend, a stranger, and countless people told me about Jesus. And then one faithful encounter I had on the other side of the world. My parents, well, on the other side of the world, he was one of my best friends. His name was David Wells. And um, there was something about him that, you know, he didn't he didn't talk about Jesus all the time. But there was something about him that I saw was, you know, I wanted to be. I wanted to be something like like him, and because of that, it, lead, it led me to Jesus Christ. And even at a young age, um, one main thing during church school, like my, my parents would let me go to to, to church, was that they forced me to go to church. And uh, you know, I, I grew up in a Catholic family, and I didn't remember anything that was in those the schools that we had to go to for Catholic school. You know, I didn't remember any of that stuff that we had to deal with. Um, but when I was growing up in the Philippines, you know, there's in every situation we have, there's like a good, a good place, a bad place, and a horrible place. And for some reason, I ended up in a horrible place because, I mean, I just walked around town and doing whatever I wanted to do. And, um, you know, and I was walking down this alleyway, I remember one time, and um, there was this group of people that were there, you know, throwing stuff across the street. And at the same time, you know, they were doing all these things that, that I knew that was going to be bad. But it was too late for me to turn around and say, but you know what, I... I try to remember what Sister Lisa used to tell me. She was one of my teachers in school. And she said, if you're in trouble, you need to pray. And I, mean, I didn't remember how to pray. The only thing I can remember in the Lord's Prayer was, hallowed be thy name. I don't even remember. I was eight years old. But, you know, I remember one thing. You know, I, I sang Jesus loves me. And I sang that in the back of my head. And you know what? When I walked through that crowd, you know, I was untouched. And I knew that Jesus was with me. But the same, I, I knew that because of that, you know, God met me in my level. And that's how awesome my God is. And um, so today I'm not going to talk about being a street witnessing or uh, door-to-door evangelism, like knocking doors and say, John 3.16 or Jesus saves. Uh, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about how to live your life as a witness for Him. Because you may be the only Bible someone ever reads. So, um, because you are physically a walking and talking billboard for Jesus Christ, and how do you want to represent Jesus, and how do you want to represent yourself and your and your and the way you believe? So, for my for my background, um, my I was born in the Philippines, and my mom is still in Zama City, and she's a uh, you know she she tries to keep in contact with me as, as much as possible, and I've been part of that um, you know as about culture, like there was a lot of things growing up for me that, you know, that I was forced into something and sometimes I'm, I'm just like trying to make sure that I'm trying to live my life for Jesus Christ. And for me, I, I took the route to make sure that I, um, that I, I represent myself, especially for the young adults in my church, that I, you know, make a good example for them. So whenever I say young adults, my my grandfather would always tell me, um, this is what he would usually say. He said, even though I know everyone here is young at heart, some are just a tad bit wiser, the senior citizens, the better looking, and because of that, some of us young young at heart folks gets tired quicker, and we can care less about the temptations of the world. And we are not all wrong, we're just young at heart. So I'll touch with that more in a little bit. Little bit. As for the young adults, it's difficult to be a Christian. And um, second slide, 
uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that was first chapter of Acts verse 8 but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth so the word translated witness here is the Greek word martis and it's the Greek word we get our English word martyr and, uh, and being a martyr is, is being a, besides the part of being an eyewitness but also is someone that is willing to die for what they believe in and Jesus was saying that the Holy Spirit would enable believers to literally die to self and that's why I call this a living witness and um, a few examples that we have for, uh, as martyrs in the Bible we have Stephen as a martyr that's in Acts 22.20 and in Revelation 2.13 Antipas was also a martyr so today I'm going to speak to you about being a living witness which um, is like being a living martyr a person who is willing to die to self and being and living for God and God will never expect us to do something that He does not equip us to do so God expects us to die to self so He needed to equip us with the Holy Spirit and His Word to do it through the Holy Spirit and through His Word we can be literally transformed into a new person a person that has already given their life as a martyr would but while still being alive so I know this is not automatic and I know it does not happen overnight but that's why it's called being a living witness. Anything that is living is growing, and anything that is growing is progressing. And living connotes progression, but dying connotes depression. Because you may, not, you may not be there yet, because nobody is perfect, but you are a work in progress. So today we are going to deal with being a living witness in four areas. And the first one is living witness with your words. So can people tell that you are a different person by the way you talk? Can people tell that you are a believer or a Christian by just listening to you? And go to slide in Matthew 12, 33 37. And it's a very familiar verse. It says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So basically, God was saying that if there's a good tree, it's going to bear good fruit. And if it's a bad tree, it's going to bear a bad fruit. And it can't do the other thing, vice versa. And so, whatever, whatever we put input into our lives, is obviously will come out of us. So, when we put garbage inside our lives, when garbage out, will eventually come out. And so, if we righteousness in, righteousness out comes out also. So, what's in you abundantly will come out of you eventually. And the words you speak are tests for the condition of your heart, whatever is deposited into your heart. So people know what you have done inside of you because of the words that you speak. So remember the words, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But we all know that's, that is such a lie. Because I remember, I mean, like, I remember when I was, when I was younger when I was in the, you know, playing with the swings and stuff, everybody would always come up to you and uh, bully you. And me coming from the Philippines, it was really hard to decipher which one was, are they kidding or not? You know, and it took me a long time to learn the language. And so there was a lot of times that I would, like, 
kids will tell me that, but you know, my parents will tell me that, and, and those faces is very familiar to me. But, but you know, words are powerful. Words sting and leave a longer mark than any physical pain. It can eventually be used to either tear someone apart or speak life to someone to encourage them to live a good and meaningful life. So let's say, you know, I know Brother Kid over here, you know, he plays really well, and, you know, sings really well, but if somebody tells him, hey, um, you know, you're a little bit off key, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure that's going to discourage him, and I'm pretty sure he's not going to come up here ever again. You know, I know, I know you're a great singer, brother kid, and you know, so that's why I picked on you. But if you say you're a born again believer, you're a new person that you are saved. That they should be able to hear a difference in your speech. And once you charge your heart, your deposit will change your words. And once you change your words, people will notice. And once people notice, you will have an opportunity to witness for Jesus. And your words will become a witness for the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. And then let's go to slide um, Matthew 10, 32, 33. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. So that's basically saying, don't be afraid to take God in public. It's easy to say Jesus here in our church. But then when we go to work, we go to school, or we go to McDonald's, you know, if somebody starts talking about, if you start talking about Jesus, and you know that people anywhere else are heathen, are you going to speak up for Jesus Christ? And that's basically what slide is saying. Don't be afraid to take God in public. You know, and, I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to go out there with like, you know, a bandana that says Jesus or WWJD or everything like that. But, you know, if you could speak Jesus, and somebody tells you, if somebody, if you go out there in the crowd and if somebody like disrespects Jesus and if you stand up for Jesus, that's one way of saying, you know, that you're not, that you're being proud to, to be a Christian. So, and then let's go on to um, Matthew 10, 16 to 20. It says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be in your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flag you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. So you think about that for a moment. You know, Jesus warned them about the impending danger for taking God in public. But he then reassured them that the, the same God they would be in danger for would turn right around and protect them. So one way that God would protect them would be with their words. And God would give them what to say and when to say it. So the right words can get you out of many tight situations. God can grace us with the wisdom to speak the right words at the right time. And in Romans 1, 6, chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Are you ashamed of who you are in Christ? Are you ashamed to tell someone that you are a Christian? Are you too timid to tell your boss that you don't drink? You know, for me, I think I'm blessed because I'm allergic to alcohol, and I learned that when I was 21 years old. So uh, I think that's a good thing for me. And um, if you are ashamed of him, he will be ashamed of you. This does not mean that you have to go around saying, you know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But it does not mean that people should be able to tell. It does mean that, but it does mean that people should be able to tell there is something different about you by the words that you speak. So if I followed you around with a recorder, would I hear words of faith or fear? Life or death, blessing or cursing, belief or doubt. So number one is uh, be a living witness with your words. And now the second one is being a living witness with your work. And one of the many things that Judy and my grandfather 
Mr. Harry performed at work. Um, he always told me about the, the life that he lived in the province in the Philippines, and how he is where he is now. Out of the 13 brothers and sisters that he had, he had the opportunity to bring all of them out from wherever they are to somewhere better. And I think that's uh, a good thing for me to witness, and to me, for me to follow my, my grandfather. And whenever I whenever I look to my grandfather, he would always tell me that you know, like always seek God first, and everything will be given to you. So as a Christian, you should be you should do your best, and that's 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 how it should be. And you should not go to work and tell everyone you're a Christian, but you don't know your job, and you're not willing to know your job, and you're not trying to learn it. And then God has blessed me tremendously that I got out of the military, and even now with my family, because I walk in Jesus' favor. His favor is upon my life and everything that I do, and that is the key to why I do it. And someone, Psalm 1 says, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. It doesn't say whatsoever he thinks about or daydreams or prays about, you know, shall prosper. It says whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So, you know, do you know what that means? It means that you have to do something. You have to do the work for God to bless it. You have to put forth the effort. And you do your part and he will do his. And there's a few examples in the Bible, um, based on time, I'll just try to skim through them. Daniel was one of them, you know, and um, Daniel stood out at work so much that he was supposed to be a slave, but he ended up being one of the three administrators over the entire land of Egypt. And the king had plans to make him the number one person under him. And even those that, that hated him could not find fault with him because he did his work with excellence. And when it was all said and done, God got the glory for it. And then everybody knows the story of Joseph. Joseph had, you know, he had a, a coat of many colors. His brothers didn't like him, sold him, you know, but despite the situations coming from, like, I remember if, uh, like the first one was in Potiphar's house, you know, that's found in Genesis chapter 39, verse 3 to 5. Genesis 39, verse 3 to 5. And um, I don't think I put that in there, but, okay. Uh, I'll just read it. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand, and it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, and that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. God provided a blessing, but Joseph did all the, did the work. God blessed Joseph, a slave, and was promoted to run the entire state. And he goes on, and remember in Potiphar's house, you know, Potiphar's, Mrs. Potiphar was like, Oh, Joseph, I want you. You know, but Joseph said, I don't want you because I have integrity of God. So he runs away, but so Mrs. Potiphar took him, made him go to a prison, right? So in prison, even in prison, um, Joseph was favored with the warden, and but, but Joseph still had to perform. And, and so, like, for an example, you know, when Christians come up to you, and I, I remember a few times when I go, when I went to work in my old job, you know, some Christians come up to me and want me to open doors for them to, to ask for a job, but then, you know, they don't do the work. And it's not only misappropriation for you, but it misrepresents God. You know, as a Christian, you should be able to perform. And then, and then finally, Joseph was uh, his work in the palace. And, you know, everything that he did, despite the situations, he was blessed. And God kept opening doors for Joseph because Joseph was faithful. And Joseph stood out because of his work ethic and God's favor. And do you stand out at work? God will allow what you will allow. So do the work and do it in excellence and ask God to favor it. And the third one is, uh, so the first one was 
living, being a living witness with your words. Second one is being a living witness with your work. Third one is being a living witness with your wages. And then being a living witness with your wages is like uh, in Second Chronicles chapter nine, verse three and four. Uh, it was about Queen Sheba when she went to go visit Solomon's house, and basically it was saying that the queen, this is a queen, she had money, she had wisdom, but she was blown away by both Solomon's wisdom and his money. Everything was done in excellence in, in Solomon's house. Everything was done in order, and it took her breath away. And because of that, the queen she was offering, and um, I got this from one of the sermons that I, I listened to before. I mean, it was very tedious, but she gave out like almost 120 talents of gold. In our time, it's like that 75 million in today's value. And why, like, why even bother to to go about that? I'm trying to show you that what kind of heritage we have. You know, the, the problem though is that when it comes to the body of Christ, when we walk about things, when we talk about things like this, is what is that we put a block because we want to walk in the blessing of Jesus Christ, which is spiritual, but we don't want to want to walk with the blessing of Abraham, which was material. You know, and then when you when you look it up in the Bible and do some homework, these fellows of God were generations of you know they were wealthy, and then. And in Galatians chapter 3 verse 29 it says, If anyone, if any man be in Christ, he therefore is Abraham's seed, and an heir according to the promise. And then what promise? is the blessing of Abraham, the promise that God gave Abraham. So not only shall we walk with the spiritual blessing, there is nothing wrong to walk in the, ble- the material blessings either. Because guess what? It is going to lead people to Jesus Christ. People's homes can be a testimony of hard work and perseverance from nothing to something. And then people ask you about these things. You can simply say that no one but Christ gave you these things. And there's nothing wrong with having your wages and finances and money be a testimony to what we had before from nothing to something. So we can say like Abraham that nobody but God did this for me. So no man, no man can say he did this for me, it was God. So allow your wages to be a testimony and to be a witness. Because people in this world are looking at it. So allow your wages to be a witness. And then finally, uh, be a living witness with your worth. So first one is being living witness with words. Second one is living witness with your work. Then third one is living witness with your wages. And finally, a living witness with your worth. So what do you mean by that? It's um, your self-esteem, your self-value, your self-confidence. So I left this last because it embodies the whole three. Because if you know what you're worth, if you know who you are, and you understand your true value, then your words won't be an issue, your work won't be an issue, and your wages won't be an issue. So if you understand this, and you understand that you have been made the righteousness of God through Christ, you should be able to walk like it, and talk like it, and give like it without an issue. Sometimes I face an issue, but it's never God's issue, but my issue. And it usually comes in when someone says, you know, this kind of, this kind of house, you know, or this kind of car, or this kind of job. You know, you see yourself, you see those things above your worth. But then let's look in Acts 20.28. I'm almost done. Um, Acts 20.28. Okay. Once you realize what Jesus paid for you, it will change everything, the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you act, the way you see yourself, a complete transformation once you realize who you are in Jesus' eyes. In Acts 20.28 20, it says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the, which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. It says to redeem means to purchase with an equivalent value. Jesus looked at what you were worth and put up his own blood. 
All the blood, all the gold and riches in this world cannot pay for one drop of His blood. And that is what He paid for you. If you know your worth, anything else is under it. You know, a new car, a new job, everything else is under it. Any kind of house is under it. You know, it doesn't really matter, it's all under it. Because you're above all that, and once you realize the blood He shed for you and for me, you realize your worth, and that God paid the blood of Jesus for me and for you. And you can see in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21, God made Him Jesus to be sent for me, for you no sin, so that I can be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So when you walk around, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And when you walk to work, you go up to meetings, you know, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. So it should show in the manner of talk, it should show in the manner of walk, in the conversation. And, and people should walk into your house, apartment, no matter how big or small it is, you should keep it excellent. Because everything that you do should be excellent. Because God is excellent. Because it's our Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. And his name is excellent. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. Says if my people who are called by my name, so we are called by his name, and his name is excellent. So we ought to be working in excellence in every area of our lives. We walk like it, we talk like it, and we give like it, and we live like it to the glory of God. And we need to be a living witness in every area of our lives. Are we perfect? No. But a living witness, a progressing, it doesn't mean you have to be there, but you are getting there. So once you realize you are the righteousness of God in Christ, you walk around with your head held high. You look at life through a different lens. And once you understand your value, your worth, your words, your work, and your wages, it's not a big deal. Because you know who you are. In 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. I don't think I have that up there. Okay, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you for us, we pay you in Christ's seed, be you reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, whom you know sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Act like it, make a difference. Show the world that it is good to be a Christian. Share the gospel, tell your story, tell your testimony, that will get people saved. So I like to tell, like I like to tell the end of the story because I used to, because usually right now, <clears throat> like I, I had my eldest son stand up and my, my wife stand up. You know, my son always asked me, why, my youngest one always asked me, like, what about me, daddy? And you're here in the background. So I used to always tell a story right before I went to Iraq, my third time going to Iraq. You know, he was, he was just telling me, like, he said, so, like, he, we had a conversation about, oh, I want to go to heaven. And then, so the whole time, we're, we're telling the kids, like, okay, we want to go to heaven because we want to be all together. We want to see grandma and grandpa and those who are passing our family. And so I guess my wife said something to him that, you know, when we all get to heaven, daddy doesn't have to go far away and work. And I know everyone here does sacrifices everywhere they go. And I know everyone here does for their family. And I can't wait to go to heaven because my son said, right before he went, Stephen is delirious, you know, late at night. He said to me, you know, I can't wait to go to heaven so you don't have to go far away. And with that, I'd like to um, have everybody stand and so we can pray. Let's pray. Father God, we line up our words with your words. And we declare that we will speak life and not death. Blessing and not cursing. Victory and not defeat. We will allow our words to be a witness. Our work will also be a witness, and we will do all that we do for your glory. 
We do our work with excellence and we know you will bless all that we do. Our wages will also be a witness. We honor you with our finances. We will never be broke another day in our lives because of you, O Lord. We will allow the world to see that it is good to be a Christian. And finally, we will allow our worth, our self-value, our self-esteem, our self-confidence to be a witness. I will enter every day with with the confidence that you are with me, in me, and on me, and for me. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, Amen. May God add blessing to the readers and hearers and doers of this word.